just felt like the path is unclear. I just kept feeling like I don't know whether we should adopt. I don't know whether we should do something else fertility-wise or just wait. Like, I just didn't know what to do. Hi, this is Carla Williams with City on a Hill, and you're listening to the Stories of Grace podcast. Most Christians think they believe God's grace is greater than any other power. But when it's our own family, our own pain, or our own sin, we're not so certain. Is God's grace truly greater than our story? Through these podcasts, we'll be meeting several people who discovered firsthand just how much greater God's grace was. There are few struggles as lonely and as invisible as infertility, but for those with empty arms, the wait for a baby can challenge even the most sincere faith. And every month that passes with yet another negative pregnancy test is another reminder that God hasn't answered their prayers. But for our guest, Megan, God's grace was greater than even her desire for a baby. Throughout the whole thing, I've known in my head and my heart, like, God has a plan. I know there's a reason. His timing will be best. But I will say on the day-to-day level, that didn't really stop me necessarily from getting emotional or being hurt. That's Megan. She and her husband, Ben, married young, full of hope, love, and expectation about how their life would look. And before they even got married, their dreams involved children. They had no reason to foresee the huge obstacle they would have to navigate together. My mom had three kids, and, you know, it's just not something you think of when you're a kid. You always just dream about your family and being a mom. You never think, oh, what if I have trouble? After six years of infertility, we discovered that wasn't as easy as we thought it would be. And we always wanted a family. We knew that even when we were dating. And we waited a while because we were so young, but then we decided, okay, we're ready to start trying to have kids. I mean, basically the whole first year, we didn't even know there was a problem. Right. You know, we'd just gone off birth control. I was finishing up grad school. I was like, okay, whatever happens, happens. I'll be done with school by the time I were to give birth. But even though nothing happened in the first year, for some reason I was just distracted enough to not really think there was a problem, you know? I just thought like, well, I guess it does take longer than I thought, whatever, you know? And then at like my annual appointment, they were like, well, so you've been trying for a year? And I'm like, yeah, and well, maybe we should run some tests and make sure everything's okay. And it was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> there could be a problem? At that point, the doctors told Megan that even though there were some little problems, there was still a good chance that they could get pregnant without intervention. They tried on their own for another year. By the third year, she was ready to use fertility treatments. For about a year, we tried different things and then kind of got tired of it. And we're like, well, let's just take a little break. So we'd like take a few months off or maybe six months off and then we'd start another round of treatments. And so it was kind of off and on over the course of the next few years, but more on than off. <laughs> During those four years of treatment, they had 11 months of insulin blockers, 14 cycles of various fertility drugs and shots, five cycles of intrauterine insemination, and even a surgery to remove cysts and blockage. None of it produced even one positive pregnancy test. All the while, Megan and Ben were watching their friends around them moving forward with their own families. It didn't hurt any friendships, but definitely felt myself being jealous as I was at the time of life where all my friends were getting pregnant, some of them baby number two or three, you know, it just felt like we were kind of getting left in the dust, you know, and it was like, oh, like I was happy for them, of course, but there's every time I'd get that pregnancy announcement on my Facebook feed or whatever. I mean, there was a point in time where I counted, I had like 18 friends who were all pregnant at once. I was like, man, why is it never me? Despite a monthly reminder that their prayers weren't being answered, Ben and Megan were fortunate. Many couples who experience the long years of infertility end up suffering in their relationship. 
The scheduled intimacy, shattered expectations, and constant disappointment often take their toll. And even if they do manage to get pregnant, the marriage is often past the point of recovery. Ben and Megan stayed healthy. They navigated the journey together and sharpened one another in the process. Even more importantly, their faith in God remained strong, although that's not to say there weren't some ups and downs. I've never really been one to not believe or to question God or have these huge doubts. I mean, I've always been kind of just trusting with my faith. Like I just grew up in church and always believed and it was easy to become a Christian. It was not a big step for me. It was just kind of like, okay, it's the next step in the process. And throughout the whole thing, I've known in my head and my heart, like God has a plan. I know there's a reason his timing will be best, but I will say on the day-to-day level, that didn't really stop me necessarily from getting emotional or being hurt, mm-hmm. you know? And when I would pray about it, I would still very, like, almost like logical in my prayers. And I was like, okay, God, I know you have a plan. I just pray that it's sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. It's hard to wait, but I know you're in control. You know, I was always kind of like chipper in my prayers, I guess. I mean, there were days where I would, you know, find out, you know, another negative pregnancy test or whatever, and it would be pretty disappointing. But overall, I would say that my faith was really unwavering. I mean, it wasn't necessarily <laughs> never tested because obviously there were days where, I, like like I said, that negative test where I would cry all day and just be really bummed out. And I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't blame God. I wouldn't be like, how could you do this? You know, it wouldn't be that kind of attitude. It was just more like, okay, great. I guess I don't understand. You know, I thought I was trying to follow your will. I just don't know what that is. Like I was always kind of like, almost kind of sarcastic about it. Like, I just don't understand. And it didn't make it easy. I mean, it was still hard the whole time, but I I just knew that deep down, you know? And I, I looked back at scripture a lot and like certain verses I'd just kind of quote in my head and rely on. One of the passages that Megan rested in throughout those years was Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. It says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. For six years, they waited and hoped and struggled and cried and waited some more. And as they were waiting, adoption would come up from time to time. This wasn't the answer Megan was looking for. Adoption was a big, scary thing for me that I thought we would never do, (laughs) honestly. I mean, I have a lot of adoption around me. I've got family that's adopted. I've got one of my best friends is adopted. You know, I have friends that adopt. I mean, it's just, and I think it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. I mean, when I see people do that, I think it's awesome. But I always just thought, oh, I don't think I could do that. And I just had so many fears about it, even though that seems silly now to think about. But I just felt like, I'm afraid I won't be able to love it the same. Like, what if what if I'd feel differently? Or what if someone hands me this baby and I don't love it? You know, I just kept thinking, I'm going to have this child and I'm not going to love it. Like, that, I don't know why that would be so hard. But for some reason in my mind, that was really a stumbling block. And I just thought, I can't, I don't know if I can do it. And so anytime we had, my husband and I had talked about adoption, it was just kind of like, uh, well, maybe one day. I mean, eventually we want to have kids. We want to have a family. So once we've exhausted every option and there's no other choice, then maybe we'll adopt. You know, it was kind of like a worst case scenario in our mind. It was so packed with fear for Megan that she was more prepared to be childless than to adopt. Ben and I actually talked about that a little bit. You know, if we don't have kids, what does that look like? Because we were like trying to decide if we should adopt and we thought, Maybe we won't adopt. Maybe we'll just never have kids. Maybe we'll be those people that just invest in other people's lives even more. And, you know, so we were already trying to think that way a little bit. But all of that changed with a phone call last fall. 
we had kind of given up on the fertility treatments. We were on another break, but it seemed like more than just a break. It was kind of like, okay, we need to stop spending money on this and just, just be done. So it kind of felt like the end. And I was just praying for clarity because I still wasn't feeling like, okay, let's adopt. I just felt like I needed time to just process it all and kind of be at peace with the fact that we weren't going to have children. And so I was just felt like the path is unclear. I just kept feeling like I don't know whether we should adopt. I don't know whether we should do something else fertility-wise or just wait. Like, it just felt like it was fuzzy. I just didn't know what to do. Been praying about that for weeks and weeks. And then one day, it was around Thanksgiving, we got a phone call from a lady who I knew not even all that well. I met her a couple times and kind of gotten to know her from church. She gave me a call and was like, hey, I heard about this baby that needs adopting and I thought of you. So let me know what you think. This was the last question they were expecting. And for Megan and Ben, the shock was just too much. Our first answer was actually no. We were like, no, I don't I don't think we can do this. You know, we kind of just felt like it was too soon, too unplanned, kinda, yeah. so to speak. After I said no, it's like the one time in my life where I felt ill over that decision. I mean, I knew it was the wrong decision. It was like I couldn't sleep. I felt sick to my stomach. Like when you do something bad as a kid and your stomach just hurts afterward. I mean, that's how I felt like the next day. I just felt like this is not right. <laughs> we, I don't think we made the right decision. And it just like, I couldn't stand thinking about it, like knowing that we'd said no. So I went to Ben and was like, okay, I think we need to <laughs> consider this again. And he was totally open. was like, okay, let's talk about it again. What do you think? You know, and I just shared how <laughs> bad I was feeling about it. And I was like, I really think we're supposed to say yes to this. And he was like, all right. So I called the woman back. I'm like, is it too late to change our mind? <laughs> it wasn't too late. They began the legal process to enter into a private adoption, and four months later, they met their daughter, Ruby, when she came into the world. As soon as we agreed to the adoption, like, my feelings about it changed. Like, all that fear that I had, like, I don't know if I could do this. I just suddenly felt like, okay, this is the right thing. It's going to be fine. And I really just felt good about it the whole time. So then I was just excited. I mean, I feel like it's the one time in my life, I mean, probably not the one time, but a time that really sticks out to me that God made it so clear what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, they say God's the master communicator. He created communication. He will make it clear. And I had started feeling like, I guess I just don't understand what that means or how to understand God's will because I felt like I was doing the right things and walking in His will, and it still wasn't clear, you know? But then when it was clear, it was clear. <laughs> you know, it's hard to explain, but it's like the point at which it was obvious what we were supposed to do. It's just I had such peace about it. He changed my heart. He made me fall in love with this baby. and. How did I ever think that I wouldn't be able to love this baby? I don't know, but <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there listening to this that have had those thoughts if they're thinking about adoption. I don't know how to explain it other than it was just, I mean, as soon as they gave her to me and she was in my arms, I just felt like she was mine. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like God had prepared me for that because it was such a transition, like for me to even accept the adoption. But that once he did, I mean, he just made me feel so good about it that I didn't even have those fears. I mean, once they handed me the baby, I'm like, oh, we finally got her, you know? Like, I didn't even really think about her not being mine. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt ever since, you know, at the hospital and bringing her home. I mean, I feel no different than if she had, I had given birth to her, you know, so. God's grace had redeemed their waiting and overcome their fears about adopting. Finally, after praying and hoping for six years, their hopes for a family were being answered. It wasn't the path they had expected, but their obedience and trust had led them to their precious baby girl. They were content. They were overwhelmed. They were excited, but God was just getting started. A few months before their daughter was born, Megan realized something important. So I said it was about Thanksgiving when we got the phone call. And then in January, we found out that I was pregnant. 
surprise, surprise. <laughs> so our first thought was kind of, okay, when would this make me do? And how far apart are these babies gonna be? And does it make sense to still do the adoption and all that? But I mean, at that point we already felt, you know, invested and committed into this adoption. And so to find out I was pregnant was just double excitement. Getting pregnant after the fact mm-hmm. made me feel like the adoption was even more meant to be. Cause I, you know, just thinking about her and like her being in our home now. And it's like, man, if Ruby hadn't, come to us first and I had gotten pregnant first and then I got a phone call saying, hey, do you want to adopt? I probably would have been like, oh no, 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 I'm good. I've got a baby. (laughs) You know, I'm carrying a baby. It's fine. But looking back, it had to happen in this order and I'm so thankful that it did. Megan is due in September. Their daughters will be six months apart. There'll be a constant reminder that God's timing and the long wait were all in line. It had to happen that way for God to perfectly form their family together. There didn't seem to be any chance that they would adopt, and there didn't seem to be any hope that they'd get pregnant. But they were determined to find joy in their Lord, and then He gave them a family when they stopped expecting one. And now they can say with absolute certainty that His grace was greater than their struggle for a baby. You've been listening to Stories of Grace, a podcast from City on a Hill, produced by Dayton Cole and hosted by Carla Williams. Stories of Grace was inspired by Grace is Greater from pastor and author Kyle Eidelman. Find the book, video series, and a full line of resources from City on a Hill and Kyle Eidelman at gracesgreaterstudy.com. Next week on Stories of Grace. You know, in the situation where you find yourself losing so much, it was so hard to envision, again, hope of what it looks like to be better and to be in the other side. 